Today's daf is daf Yud Beis. We are holding at the bottom of Yud Aleph Amud Beis. And that's uh, in the exact place. Roshim ben Lakish. It's about uh, seven, eight lines from the bottom. You see it? Mm-hmm. All right. So we were in the middle of a sugya. We had Beishamai came up with an interesting shita. They say that for Kedushin to be a valid Kedushin, it has to be a dinar. And we know usually transactions is a pruta, which is the sheet of Beis Hillel. Yeah. So our question was, where do Beis Shammai take this notion that Kedushin can be a, that has, has to be a, a, uh, a dinar? So we gave two or three uh, suggestions yesterday, and now we're going to have uh, Shimon Lakish is going to make his own suggestion. So Shimon Lakish, I'm at time of Beis Shammai, the reasoning for Beis Shammai is... Uh, what is the reason for Beis Shammai? Uh, he said, Kedachizkiya, following the opinion of Chizkiya. Why? To Amar Chizkiya, because Chizkiya says like this. He says, we have a parsha in the Torah of Amayivriya. And we're going to see, the one's going to point out later on, Beis Shammai actually learned the fact that Kedushin works, Kedusha Kesef works by an Isha, is learned from the, the laws of the sale of an Amayivriya. Now, the laws of a sale of Amayivriya the Torah says that the, 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 the maximum amount of time an Amma and an Eved Ivri can be sold is six years, right? However, what we're going to see is that there are other ways before the six years that it is possible for her to, uh, be, 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 to be released. And one of them is called Giron Kesev. One of them is she can be redeemed. Now, the way the Torah couches it, it says Behevda. That's mashma that the master has to... Uh, do his part in her being released when she's redeemed. Now, what does he do to assist in her becoming released? Meaning, the, the, the full scope of the Pasuk is, is that when you, we spoke about this before, when you buy an Amavriya, it's a lease with a purchase to buy. Is that because technically what, what is encouraged is that either the master should do yiud, is designate her, her, marry her, or his son should marry her. But if neither one is intending to marry her, don't wait the six years. If possible, facilitate her getting out earlier. Now, how is that done? So basically, we're going to see the way it's done is that you allow her to purchase herself back with time served, which means that whatever the amount that she was originally purchased for, it's not working? Did I go on the wrong? No, why is it not working? You see me or you, or you don't hear me? No, just waiting for a Start. But I, I don't see you in. You're not in here. One second here, one second. All right. So basically, the Torah requires that the master allow the Amayvriya uh, the to be able to purchase herself back. And what that's known as Giron Kesev, meaning whatever the original price was, the maximum amount that she could have worked for was for six years. So let's say she's worked half of that. So what the Torah is requiring is whatever that purchase price was, you now knock off 50%. Why are you knocking off 50%? Because since she worked already half of the time, time served, so she only has to pay the balance and the master has to go along with that. That's what he has to do. Yes, he's in. So therefore, that's called Giron Kesev. That is called... 
deduction of the money uh, in order to allow her to become redeemed. Now, what the, uh, just mute yourself, Yoni. So, so what the, what the, uh, what Rosh Lakish is going to point out as follows. Since we're going to see that Kedushin is learned from the sale of an Amevriya, the, the sale of the Amevriya could not have been a pruta. Because if the sale of the Amevriya itself was a pruta, then it would not be possible to do a deduction. Because any deduction for time served then would end up being the amount that would be having to be paid would be less than a pruta. Less than a pruta you don't do a transaction with. So obviously the original purchase price had to be more. Now, why it has to be a dinar, we'll get to. But it clearly is more than a pruta. Based on that, says Reish Lakish, is what Shammai formulate their position on why it ha- cannot be a pruta, like Basil will say, but it has to be a dinar. Why exactly a dinar? We'll see. So everyone see it inside? Let's go. Let's take a look here. So says the Gemara as follows. Right. Let's start again. is based upon the teaching of that he has to allow her to become redeemed. He has to he has to facilitate her redemption. That's the master for the Amevriya. that comes to teach us that the uh, maid servant deducts from her original price for her redemption. in order to be go free. Now, Chizkiah's teaching makes sense if the original purchase price, let's say, was a dinar, wasn't a pruta. So then, so she can deduct, the deduction can be made all the way down to a pruta in order for her to be able to go free. By the way, there's 192 prutas in a dinar. So just a simple point. But Ella i Amar the Yahiv Pruta i Amar the Yahiv La Pruta. But if you say that the original purchase price was itself a Pruta, it's me Pruta me Megara. How can you deduct from a Pruta? Clearly, the purchase price has to be more than a Pruta. And if Kedushin, as we're going to see, is learned from the purchase price, that's how they know it has to be more than a Pruta. How do they come up with a Dino? We will see. Ask the more like this. I don't, I don't, I don't see this as compelling logic. Maybe the way to understand the Torah is as follows, is that if it's a situation where the uh, Kedushin, where the, where the purchase price was, so if the original purchase pl- price was a, a, a more than a pruta, then she can be redeemed. But maybe it was exactly a pruta, then she wouldn't be able to redeem, meaning... You, what kind of proof are you bringing here? You're trying to bring a proof over here that has to be that since the original purchase price has to be more than a pruta, because only then can you deduct from it in order for her to be redeemed, therefore Kedushin has to be more than a pruta. Who says? Maybe the point is that not every time can a woman have that option. If it's possible to redeem her because the original purchase price was more than a pruta, then you can redeem her. But if it's not, then you can't. Then if that's the case, you cannot bring me a riot that by Kedushin, every time Kedushin has to be more than a pruta. Who says? Right? So Moses is like this. But dear me, Maybe what the Torah is saying is the following. 
is that Hecha de Yaivla Dinar, where a Dinar is given, then Tigrad Pruta, then you can deduct and you get down to a Pruta, where it's possible. But Hecha de Yaivla Pruta, but where initially a Pruta was given to begin with, then you can't do any deduction. She cannot be let, she, cannot, she has to wait the six years, or she has to wait until she gets Simonim. But she cannot be redeemed by Kesef, because it's, it, it, it can't go less than a pruta. And if that's the case, then you can't bring a raya that every kedushin has to be with more than a pruta. Yeah, I got it. You can't, I would not have thought, right? I would not have thought that that is the shot. We're holding the top of your base. We, I would not have thought that that is the, the option, that sometimes it could be a pruta and then you cannot do giron kesef, and sometimes it could be more than a pruta and then you could do giron kesef. Why? Because we find, do me the yud, you've got to compare it to yud. Now I explained at the beginning of this year, yud is this designation that either the father, the, the, or the master, or his son designate her for the purposes of, they, they, that's, it's a form of kedushin. They marry her. That's what the Amevriya could lead to, the least option to buy. That means that you get married. Now what we see over there, we're going to see a very interesting halacha. The halacha is that, the Torah is mandating that if you can do yud, you should go ahead and do yud. Now, what happens if a, a, a person wants to sell the daughter to a close relative? Now, by selling her to the close relative, there cannot be yud. Why can't there be yud? I don't know. If, if you're selling, she's an Amavriya, and you bought her, why can't you sell to someone else? No. If you, you know, you're the father of the girl. He's selling her as an Amevriya. Right. And he's selling her to someone as a close relative. Okay. If oh. that close relative would not be able to do you because she's an erva to uh, him, okay. the Torah does not allow the sale to go through. Okay. Meaning that there has to be, whether you do you or not, that's your choice. But the potential for you has to be in place. Therefore, same as by the Giron Kesef, the idea of her being able to redeem herself in less than six years. There has to be, the situation has to be is, it doesn't always have to take place, but the possibility for it has to be in place that she could do the Giron Kesef in order. And therefore, the original purchase price could never be a pruta. Why? If the original purchase price is a pruta, then there cannot be a redemption on less than a pruta. It cannot knock off a time served. It wouldn't end up working. That's what the Gemara is answering. So when it says, Dumya the Yud, that's compared to Yud. My Yud, Avagav the Eboy Meyayid, the Eloi Bamiyad. Just as by Yud we see that it's optional. Do you want to do it? You don't want to do it. But but if you're not able to do the yud, love is vina vina. You aren't able to sell, so you cannot sell to someone that would not be able to do yud. There always has to be the option to be able to do it. So therefore, achanami so to by giron kesef. If it's not possible to do the Giron Kesa because the purchase price was too low that would not allow for that reduction, so love is going to say it would not be a good sale. Which means, therefore, that the purchase price always has to be more than a pruta. Right. Actually, it's not only more than a pruta, it's got to be at least two pruta. Yeah, okay, good, good. So it says as follows. And the, the crux of this, which Rashi said should have been mentioned earlier, but this is the underlying point. The fact that we do the Yatzachinam and Kasev and Kasev, the whole idea of Kedusha Kesef is learned from Ama Ivriya. And therefore, the purchase of the Ama Ivriya is where you learn Kedushin from. And just as the purchase of the Ama Ivriya has to be more than a Pruta, so to Kedushin cannot be like Beis Hillel that it has to be a Pruta. Right, that's the most point. 
cannot be sold with only a pruta. Okay, but why does it have to be a dinar? Right, you right, could still no, accomplish all thing, right? But hey, my pal, get a dinner. Why can't it be a half a dinner? Hey, my stay brutos. I believe with this question. Let it be two brutos. Two brutos allows you to do it, okay? So when our aunt says, came into Avkatemi Pruto, once the Beishamai learned, once we see that the Torah, we had this far in Rashi before, that once the Torah is already told you don't use a Pruto, that means you should use something that is considered to be Choshev. What is considered Choshev? A dinar. So therefore, Ukmei Rachamim came along and they determined that that amount is a dinar. Okay, now we're going to Beis Hillel. We're going to have here quite a complex sugya. Let me give the introduction to it and make it smooth. We're not going to go and spend a lot of time on all the financial calculations of it. But oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I skipped. Over. I, I skipped that. You're right. Rav Amar, the last explanation of Beis Shammai. Rav says, you know what? It's really a rabbinical halacha. Minat Torah Beis Hillel are right. The amount for the transaction of a Kedushin is no different than any regular transaction. What should it be? Should be a pruta. However, the Chachamim were concerned that if you go in Makadash and Isha with a pruta, it cheapens. It cheapens Bnos Yisroel, okay? And therefore, they came up with a number. They said that anything less than this, we're mevatel the Kedushin. That's the way we're mevatel it in order. Why? Ha'yin time at the Beishamai, shaloyu Bnos Yisroel kehefker. We should not be dealing with them like hefker. They're not just a piece of merchandise, a pruta. It's not a lollipop. It's a, you have to pay something significant. And therefore, they came up with a shear of a pruta. So that is done with Beishamai. Now let's circle back to Beishil. Beishil said, it's a pruta. Now let me tell you outside what the discussion is going to be here and then we'll see it inside. But the one is going to discuss as follows. There's two ways to understand when we say that Kedushin works with a pruta and I guess you could ask, say, analyze this with all transactions. Is the shot that whatever a pruta was worth at the time of Moshe Rabbeinu when the Torah was given that is the industry standard of what the pruta is going to be. So if you go fast forward many years later and the lowest, uh, what, the, what we call the pruta, there would be a penny, but a penny is not equal to what a pruta was at the time of Moshe Rabbeinu, then no, you can't be Makadish with a penny. Maybe then you have to be Makadish with uh, $10 because $10 was what a pruta was at the time of Moshe Rabbeinu. Or no, when we say pruta, it means the lowest denomination of coinage at whatever time it is. And therefore, the Makadish with a penny technically would be sufficient. So that's a big question to ask. Let's say, we have, right, so now, how, how we know the calculation, I'm not going to get into all of it, but at the time of Moshe Rabbeinu, a pruta was a, 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 half, a, a half a barley, I don't know why they use it in barley, the size of barley uh, seeds, half a barley seeds of silver. A bar, a barley corn, I don't know what it's called, a barley something. Barley corn. barley corn. Have a barley corn of silver. What, what was the value of a pruta at the time of Moshe Rabbeinu? Now that leads to a significant divergence as to what you could do because in, in later generations, what they might call a pruta is much less than what so it was worth. A barley corn of silver had an X amount of value. Right. And, and, and therefore, it could end up being much less, and therefore, you wouldn't be able to makadish with a pruta in, 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 the, in, the, in the future. That's the Shiloh here. So 
let's look at it inside. We're going to have machloikis. So Basil Omrim Bapruta, Basil say that it's Bapruta. So Sava Rav Yosef Lemem, so Rav Yosef's initial thought, his position was Bapruta Kolduhu, meaning whatever Pruta is, any type of Pruta, meaning any generation has the right to establish whatever their lowest coin is, that's their Pruta, and that will be considered to be Mekudeshis. So Amalei Abaya, so Abaya is Rabbi Yosef's Talmud, he pushes back. He says, let's go look at our Mishnah. And our Mishnah says, the Kamahi Pruta, and what is the value of Pruta? It's a one-eighth of an Italian Isar. One-eighth of Italian Isar, meaning that is what's considered a Pruta. There are eight Prutos in an Isar. Now, why, says Abaya, do you think the Mishnah would give you that standard calcul, that calculation, that a pruta is one-eighth of Italian ism. The only reason, says Abai, that it makes sense to me to do it, is because it's going to tell you is it cannot go below that threshold. Because otherwise, don't tell, whatever's a pruta is a pruta. Who cares what it was in the, at the time of Moshe? That's not the issue. The issue really is, it's to tell you that for all future generations, a pruta is okay, no matter what its value. So Abai is disagreeing with Yosef. What Abai is claiming is, that it cannot be less than whatever the one-eighth of Italian is, so which was the half-barley bar- corn of silver, that's what it has to be, the minimum amount for a pruta. So that's what it says. Amalei Abayi, Baha Aloktani, but on our Mishnah teaches, Kamahi Pruta was considered Pruta, Echa Mishman of Isa Italki, one-eighth of Italian Issa. Bechitem, and maybe Abayi's is what's called bavorning. He's anticipating what you might push back. Maybe, for whatever reason, the time is just telling you, in the times of Moshe, that's what it was. But that doesn't necessarily mean that what? That that's what you have for now, right? Maybe you're going to argue that. But nowadays, whatever people designate, as their pruta nowadays, maybe that will be sufficient. Maybe you're going to push back with that. When Rabdimi came from Eretz Yisrael, he said over the following, Rashi brings down that there was a case that what happened was somebody was Makadosh in Eretz Yisrael with the pruta of the time. And Rabdimi went and calculated what should be the value of a pruta, and he came out as one-eighth of an Isar Haitalki, which therefore he disqualified the marriage because he felt that what, the, what, that what was used was not equal to what, I, to what it should be. Clearly, what do you see from Rav Dimi, who was a Talmud of Yochanan, that what? That it's not just what the lowest coinage of the time is, but it's a, it, there's a standard of what it has to be based on the pruta of Moshe Rabbeinu. That's what that Abai is pushing back with. He says, V'hak Yoz Rav Dimi Amar, Yeshir Rav Simoy, Bedor Rav Simoy established, Kamahi Pruta, what is going to be the pruta uh, that has to be Echad Mishwan of Talki. He has to be one eighth of an Italian Isar, and therefore using coinage that is less than that would be Anamakadeshes. He also Ravin when Ravin came from Eretz Yisrael, he said Rav Dostoy Rav Yana in their generation Yoshir Shiru Kama Habibrut. What's considered Bruta? Echad Meshisha be Isar Italki. It's one sixth of Italian Isar. The Gemara will get to what the Machlokas is. Why does one say one eighth and one says one sixth? The Chor there Amaroyim. Our Mishnah said what one eighth. How can you say one six when Amish said, we'll deal with that in the moment. But anyway, the point that Rabbi is pointing out, you see from these Gedole Amoroyim that they calculated what it needs to be, and it wasn't automatically the lowest coin of, the, of, of, of that generation. So Amalei Rabbi Yaisi. Yes. Can you simplify this by just saying whether 
the the Mahlegas is if they take inflation into account, like as the years go by, mm. the, the, the lowest denomination just gets higher and higher versus what the lowest possible going back thousands of years was. Is that what well, well you're, you're right. That would be that would be the, the effects of it, but that's not the fundamentals of the Mahlokas. The fundamentals of the Mahlokas is when, when we learn from Osh Rabbeinu it has to be a pruta, did he mean his pruta or does it mean any pruta? Why that would make a difference is based on the Svara that you're saying. Correct. Right. Now, because if it doesn't change, then there's no problem. Obviously, because it does fluctuate. It could go up or down, by the way, either way. So I'm a of Yosef. So he says like this, one second. I'm going to prove to you that a pruta is fluctuating and it's okay to fluctuate and you can use a lower pruta. What's the raya? So he wants to bring a raya from the following. He says like this. There is a parsha in the Torah that is known as me'ila. Me'ila is if somebody misappropriates Somebody misappropriates Hegdish, Betos, by the way, without realizing, then he is given the opportunity to bring a carbon, has to bring a carbon. Now, the value of the carbon has to be at least two sloyim. Has to be two sella. Now, we, what, what, the, what the, the, uh, the Bricep points out, you see how severe this is. Because to misappropriate, you only have to use one pruta. One pruta of benefit of Hegdish is already considered me'ila. And yet, the kapara has to involve a carbon that is too slow, and according to Bryce's cheshben, which could be more than 2,000 prutas. Now what the Gemara is going to, what Rabbi Yosef is going to calculate, he's going to say, one second, how do you get that two slow are going to be more than 2,000 prutas? Is that the chora? According to the Cheshben that we're going to see, if you go with the, sta- the regular standard of from time of Moshe Rabbeinu, a two, two, two sloyim at most is 1,500 and change prutos. We're going to see. There's a, it's not going to be more than 2,000. So how does it come out, according to the Brisa, that a pruta can only can be more than... It must be. The only way that could happen is there's been inflation. There's the value of the pruta is much less. And therefore, in Tusloyim now, you can have more than 2,000. But you see, therefore, that the fluctuation, we see we don't care. That, okay, so it's more than 2,000. Now that becomes the new standard for a pruta based on the calculation of the price. So that's the point that Abaya wants to make, uh, that, that Rabbi Yosef wants to make. So Amalei Rabbi Yosef, if so, is that you're telling me that a pruta that is less than one-eighth of the Isari Kalki of the time of Moshe Rabbeinu, less than a half a barley corn of silver, is not viewed as a legal pruta, if that's the case, so then how are you going to explain the following b'risa? Go and calculate how many prutos are there in the two slime carbon, even though you've, you, you must appropriate one pruta, you have to bring more than how many? It says, It's more than 2,000 prutos. Now, says the word, how do you get to 2,000? Hashtag pine love, it's not even 2,000, but more than 2,000, it's not even 2,000. So yes, my pine carbon, you're calling it more than 2,000. The chorus, the only way that can be calculated, the only way that works, is if you say there's been a devaluation of the pruta, and then you can have more than 2,000 prutas in two cello. Just in terms of the math, I'm not going to get into it all together, uh, completely, but I just want to give you the numbers, if you're a numbers guy. There happen to be 96 isar in a cello. There are 96 isar in a cello, and we said how many prutas in an isar? Eight. Eight. So therefore, it's eight times 96 times two. 
Eight times 96 times two is 1536. Nowhere near more than 2,000. That's the point. So the Chorah, obviously the math has changed. Why? Because then we have to say that there's more than eight Plutos now in the cellar because there's been a devaluation of Plutos and it still uses it, it counts it as a Pruta. That's the point that, that, that Rabbi Yosem is saying. So, Amar Luhu Hahusaba, there was some elderly gentleman that was there when Rabbi Yosem made his point and he says that, you know, our Mesorah and our base of Medrash doesn't have the same form of the Bryce that yours does. In our base Medrash it says that it was close to 2,000 Prutos, not more than 2,000 Prutos, and therefore that could be, you've got a mistake in your form of the Brysa. So Abar of Yosef pushes back. He says, At the end of the day, it still comes out 1,536 Prutos if you go with the one with the eight Prutos in a cellar. That's not close to 2,000. It still doesn't fit your version. Your version is close to 2,000. 1536 is not close to 2,000. On that, the Gemara pushes back. Once it's gone over half, so it's closer to the 2,000 than it's the 1,000. That's why it calls it close to 2,000. And therefore the proof is no proof. All right, Kufa. This itself was mentioned earlier. Kiyasar Avdimi. Amar, Kiyasar Avdimi. When Avdimi came from Israel, Amar, he said that Shir of Simoy, in his generation, of Simoy calculated, in his generation, Kama Hipruta, what's considered to be a Pruta? And it's Echad Mishmon of Israel Talki. It came out being one-eighth of an Italian Isar. And Kiyasar Ravin, when Ravin came from Israel, he said in his Shir of Yitzhak, Rav Yonah, Rav Oshi, in their generation, Kama Hipruta, it's Echad Mishish of Israel Talki. It's one-sixth. Now what the one is going to want to discuss here, what is the Machlokas? But bear in mind, our Mishnah, which is Tanoyim, what did our Mishnah say? One eighth, right? So the Chorah, how can an Amora disagree with a Tana, right? So the one says like this. So Amalei Abayah Ravdimi. So Abayah uh, uh, said to Ravdimi, Neimaat. That of a Ravin, are you and Ravin arguing the Plukta, the Hanitanoi, Kamif Gitu? It seems to be your Machlokas Amoroim is mirroring another Machlokas Tanoim, which then would make sense. How could Ravin, how could, how could uh, Ravin disagree with the opinion of our Mishnah? Alright, because his position is the, the position of an, a, a, a dissenting Tana. Where, where do we see this Machlokas Tanoim? The sign we learned in a Brysa. Okay, I'm not going to go all the, the math here. Just take it. This is, this is the calculation. Pruta Shamra Chachamim. When, the, when a, a Pruta, as defined by the Chachamim, is Echad Mishmona Bizaitalki. First opinion holds it's one eighth of Italian Issa, which is Al Mishnah. When how do you calculate it? Sheish Ma Kesef Dinar, the six silver Ma in a Dinar, and a Ma in one Dinar, Shnei Pundion, and one Pundion, Shnei Isarin, and Isar, and one Isar, Shnei Musmasin, and one Musmas, Shnei Kontroknin, and one Kontroknin, Shnei Prutos, and comes out Nimsa using that calculation, comes out of Prutos, Echa Mishmona, Bisai Talki. That is the Tanakama, the opinion of the Tanakama, which is the opinion, by the way, of our Mishnah, that a Pruta is one eighth of an Isai Talki, there are eight Prutos in an Isai. Rab Shimon Gamliel Omer, Rab Shimon Gamliel disagrees. He says this is the way you have to make the calculation. There's Shlosha Hundresin Lemo'o. There's three hundreds, all right, in one more. Shnei Heinetzin in a hundreds. Shnei Shmanin in a Heinetz. Base Prutos in a Shamin. 
Nimtzar comes out of Pruta is Echa Mishisha Bizar Talki is one sixth Bizar Talki. So the Chora, that Machlokas Tanoim is one eighth or one sixth. So Lema Ma'ar da Amar Ketana Kama. But Rabin da Amar Kamshimen Gamliel, you and Rabin are arguing in the Machlokas, you hold like Ketana Kama, and Rabin holds like Kamshimen Gamliel. So Rav Dimi answered, he said, no. He said, the Emma says, we both agree like the Tanakama as to what the correct value of a pruta is. By the way, there's 192 prutos in a dinar, and that is a standard that we both agree to. The only difference is that we're not really arguing. There was a change in generations as to the value of an isar. The value of an isar changed, and because of the value of an isar changed, that's why it became a difference. Is it one-eighth of an Isar or one-sixth of an Isar? But it did not change in terms of the value of the Pruta that we both agree with. So, Amalei, Bein Didiu, Bein Ravin, both according to me and according to Ravin, we both follow the position of the Tanakama as to the value of a Pruta. 192 prutas in a dinar. Below kasha, and it's not difficult why we're arguing. We're not arguing. Had ekor isuri, had isuri. One is talking about when the value of an iser was high, and one is talking about when the value of an iser was lower. Had ekor isuri, kum esrim ve'arba bezuzi. When I told you the calculation when iser was of high value, and there was 24 isarim, to a zuz, to a dinar, 24 uh, isarim in one dinar, had a zol, but when uh, uh, the, the, the other opinion, he's talking about that the, there was an, a devaluation of the isar, and kum and the way you get 32 isurin into zuz, into one dinar. But that's why it came out of difference, was it one six or one eight? But it's no difference. We both agree there is 192 prutas in a dinar. The only question was the devaluation of the isar, no machlokas. Okay, let's put that aside. Now we move on to a very important sugya. Amar Shmuel. Kidsha betmara. Persons Makadash and Isha, he gives her a date. Now, Afilu Omet Kurtmar Medina. Even if this locale right now you go into the store, you can buy a whole kur of dates for one dinar, which Raji says, which would mean that a single date is clearly less than the value of a pruta. Mekudeshes. This woman is still Mukadesh's. Why? Because in Madai, a place where dates were not easy to obtain. So therefore, in Madai, it's possible that this date might be worth a pruta. And therefore, what? So therefore, this is Mukadesh's. For Efrek the Gemara, that's connected to our Mishnah. Because in our Mishnah, Beishamai said, I mean, Beishilo said, what is the minimum you can give an Isha? You either give her a pruta, right? Or something, you're using an object that is a Shavet Pruta. It's mashma that if it's not a Shavet Pruta, it's Ein Mekodeshes. Why? How do you know? Maybe in some other place it is worth a Pruta. So therefore, you see from Mishnah that we don't care what it's worth in other place. We care only what it's worth here. over here. It's either What do you mean it's going to be worth a Shavet Pruta? How do you know? Maybe somebody else is worth a Shavet Pruta. That's not a difficulty. Amish is talking about Vare Kedushin. In order to be Vare Kedushin, what do you have to know? Either it is a pruta, or you know now for sure it's a vada pruta. When Shmuel said that you have to worry about it, it might be somewhere else, he wasn't saying it, therefore it's a vada kedushin. Therefore, what does it become? 
Suffolk Kedushin. So therefore, Habe Kedushin Suffolk, which Shmuel's talking about, that because it might be worth somewhere else, which means basically, it's a tremendous Chumrah. Anytime you Makadish and Isha with any object, even if you know that it's not worth a prut to hear, you have to worry if there's another place that it could be worth a prut, it could be, it's, a, it's, a, it's at least a Suffolk Kedushin. Right? In other words, if you're just playing around, you're saying it's like joking with someone? No, no, not a joke. It was serious, but you use something but that. You're in the Suffolk, so then maybe it's a you, you need a get. You need a get in yourself. Uh-huh. Yeah. Ahu Gavi. The Gemara brings out the following story. There was a certain individual. The Aktish bezavde de Urdi. He used a a, a, a tuft of, of, of flour of, of of wool. He took a tuft of wool, a, a handful of wool, and he gave it to a woman. Harim Mekudeshesli with this. Yosef Rav Shimibar Rav Shimibar Chia Kamei Durav Kamaimbo. So he started examining it to see what he is beShavet Pruta in. If it would be a Shavet Pruta, then it's Mekudeshes. Ve'Eloi, and if not, not. So says the Gemara. Ve'Eloi's leShavet Pruta Loi. But what do you mean if it's not worth the Pruta? It's not Mekudeshes. What about Shmuel's din? Shmuel said that even if it's not worth the Pruta here, right? So therefore, Amar Shmuel Chashinan. Shmuel says, Look, Kasha. What he meant is that Kedushin Vada to determine it's a Vada Kedushin. Meaning you're right. He wouldn't say, therefore, if it's not worth a puta here, it's Ainam Kudesh. Is what he would say. If it's not worth a puta here, you still need a get misuffic. That's what he would say. Have a Kedusha Vada, have a Kedusha Suffolk. That's the difference. He was just trying to figure out if it's a Kedusha Vada. But if it's not a Kedusha Vada, Kedusha Suffolk means, bottom line is, if it's a Kedusha Suffolk, you would have to be Makadish again. If you had the, if you had Bia with her after that, as long as you had Bia with Mashaba, then you'd right, that's, that's how big Shaila is. But it's intent to have based on Kedusha, not in Kedusha, okay. but you're right. Let's go back to it. Similar story. A person used a blue stone, actually it was a piece of marble, and he was Makadash and Isha with it. And, and, and it wasn't clear what the value of that item was. Okay? Now, what happened was, Rashi brings down, the story was, is that right after this happened, she went and was accepted Kedushin from another person. Okay, she accepted Kedushin, and that that was a that was he used cash. He played COD. He paid cash. Now Tosos learns it was his brother. Okay, so there's a very interesting uh, soap opera going on over here. We'll see why Tosos learns it was a brother. But anyway, so what happens over here is Yosef Rav Chista becomes Shirele. So Chista sat down and started evaluating what was the value of the stone. Big Nafkamina now Lamaisa because either she's Mekudeshes to the first one. Or she's Mekudashas to the second one, right? So he is Beishave Pruta in, then it's Mekudashas, Eloi Loi. Ask the Gemara the same question. The Eloi is Beishave Pruta, but even if it's not for, if it's not a Shave Pruta right now over here, Loi, why would it be any Mekudashas? Ah, Hamar Shmuchai Shinan. So now, it's interesting, what do you think the Gemara should answer? What, what should the Gemara answer? We already had a similar case before. Perfect. Right. It should say is, he didn't mean, we just checked to see if it's a Vada Mekudeshes, but a Vada, it's going to end up being Suffolk Mekudeshes. The Gemara doesn't give this answer. The Gemara says, Rav Chista, like Rav Chista disagrees with Shmuel's principle. Rav Chista says that when it comes to value, value is only determined in the here and now. If it's not worth that now, in the place when they're done with Kedushin, we don't care about it, it's Ainam Mekudeshes. Now, ask Taisvis, like Ari just said, why are you saying that? Why don't you say that we should give the same answer? The same answer we gave before with the wool. What he was just trying to determine is it Vada Mekudeshes, or, but uh, it'll be a Suffolk Mekudeshes. So says Taisvis, we have to read the next few lines to understand why the Gemara doesn't give that answer. He says like this, Amrle Ime, the mother 
of this fellow showed up and says, what do you mean you're, that, that, you, that you don't think it's Mekudoshes? On the day that the Kedushin took place, I guess this was a couple days later, but just on the day that it took place, I had the stone assessed, and what? The stone was worth the Pruta. So Amalei, so Rechiz said to Elav Kol Kamina to Azur Abbasra. He says, you are not a qualified witness. You're the mother, you're a single witness. You don't have the ability to prohibit this woman on the second guy. Because remember, the way Rashi learned is that she went and accepted the condition. Now, if you tell me that we have to believe you that it was worth the Pruta, then what are you doing? She'll become us the second guy, especially he's a brother, right? To become forever usher. Now, says Tysus like this. That's how the Gemara knew, based on the story, they knew that, that Rabbi Chista clearly doesn't agree with Shmuel. Because if in fact, right, if in fact you held like Shmuel, anyway should be usher on the second guy. Why would you anyway be usher on the second guy? Because at the time he was, he was married to no. Again, what is Shmuel's halacha? That even if you don't, if you, even if you know that it's not worth a pruta, a it's going to be a suffix. Now, even to suffix, she's going to be also in the second guy. Why well, should be also in the second guy? Because if it's not going to do the first guy, and the first guy is a brother of the second guy, so therefore she wouldn't be able to go to the second guy either. So then, how can Rabbi Yosef say? How can Rabbi Chizda say to her, "You don't have an ability to answer her to the second guy," which means he held that she's mutter to the second guy? How could she be mutter to the second guy? There's only one way to explain it: is Rabbi Chizda did not agree with the, the, the stringency of Shmuel. Clear? Everybody with me? Okay, that's what Tyson points out. Alright, let's go on. Top of uh, your days and the days. Alright, says the Gemara that Gemara just brings this precedent for this idea that the mother can't come in and mess things up. Right. So Gemara says, Love, I knew, uh, says the Gemara like this, Love, I knew, the Yehudis, the Bisa Drabchia. The Gemara says, this is similar to the case and in fact, this is the precedent for this case to the Yehudis, who was the wife of Rabchia. Now, Yehudis, the wife of Rabchia, became pregnant with twins. Tomorrow, we're going to see the whole story over there. There were two, two great, she had actually two great Talmidei Chachamim, Chizkiah and Rav Yehuda, were the, the, were the uh, children of, of, of Rabchia, and she was going through tremendous labor pains. And when a woman is going through labor pains, she says things sometimes to her husband that maybe later on she might regret. And what she said to her, him is that you should know that before you married me, my mother already accepted, she told me that she had accepted Kedushin when I, my father accepted Kedushin when I was a minor, which therefore what would that do? Problem. Would be a problem. First of all, these children would be mamzerin, and you will not be allowed to touch me again. That's what she said, right? That's what she told him. So he said like this, she was experiencing labor pains. Amra Leisa, she said to Rabchia, Amra Li Aim, my mother told me that that your father accepted on your behalf when you were a minor. And on that, on the, the father of the girl. Right. The, the mother said that her husband, her the father of the girl, had told her that he had accepted Kedushin on behalf of this girl oh, when she was a minor. She's talking to her, husband her husband and, and telling her, father. no, 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 my mother told me that my oh, father, so like, yeah, okay. which would be a Kedushin to Arisa, and the Aser is you. So Amar Allah, so Rebchir said, Your mother does not have the ability to prohibit me on you. To prohibit me on you. The same idea. That's the same idea. That you want to, because she wants to say that, you can say whatever she wants. It doesn't have the ability. So the father must have been dead at this point. Alright. So Amar Allah, Rabbanu, and Rabchista. 
So Rabbanan came to Rabchista and said like this. So basically, what did Rabchista rule? This woman went and accepted a stone, which wasn't a pruta right now, uh, at least according, uh, like, uh, let's say a week later, we have value that it was less than a pruta. There was a question, the mother's claiming it was a pruta at the time of the marriage. In the interim, she went, during Sheva Brachas, she was Makadish the brother, right? And what did Rabchista rule? Who did she go off with? Second. She goes off with a brother. Because they can't, you can't, we don't, we don't hold up Shmuel that you worry about a suffix. The here and now is less than a pruta. Einam Kadesh is the first, Kaim Kadesh is the second one. That's the way of Chista rule. So the Chachamim came and said, Va'ikasadi be'idis, that in, there's a, a faraway city called Idis, there are rumors that there are witnesses that can attest to the assessment being made that what? That it was worth at least a pruta at the time of the first marriage. So right, the Yodra Yama that know that on the day of the marriage that Havishavibruta was worth a pruta. So Rabchista answered, come on. He says, listen, a Dayan has to look at what he has over here now. I'm gonna start worrying about maybe their witnesses in another city. They're not here. If they're not here, then what's the law? No, you look at what you're They don't exist. I don't take them into account, and they can't mess up the second marriage. Right? Says says the Gemara that, that pre- there is precedent for that as well. This fits according to a, to a scenario of Rabbi Hanina. Let me explain outside what the situation of Rabbi Hanina is. Shmuel had daughters. Shmuel was living in Bavel. He had two daughters that got captured by Goyim. And they took them to Eretz Yisrael. They wanted to sell them to get uh, top dollar. And what happened was somehow the two daughters were able to escape in Eretz Yisrael. They escaped and they... They came to Rabbi Hanina, who was the head of base, and they came to the base medrash, and they said, listen, we're the daughters of Shmuel. We were kidnapped. Now, generally, there's a presumption that if a girl is going to be kidnapped, then she's going to be taken, she's going to be violated, and they'll become disqualified to Kohanim because they get the name of they get the same. But we're telling you is that we've escaped, and also... we Nothing happened. And the bottom line is, and they're saying, we have a migu. Believe us that nothing happened and we can marry Kohanim because we didn't have to tell you we that we were captured. That's, that's the case over there. It's so, what's that? We had in Sufis, right? So, therefore, so the Gemara says that, you know what? It's true that over here in Eretz Yisrael, there's no witnesses that they were kidnapped. But you know what? But in Bavel, we probably could find witnesses. witnesses. But you see from Rechanina that if they're not here right now, we don't accept that they have a migu. So that's, that's the same idea that therefore you don't have to accept the fact that might be witnesses that can testify that it was worth the proof. So if they're not here, we don't, accept, we, don't have, we don't take them into account. So when it says like this, I, I'm Rabkhina, Rabkhina said, the idea of the Tzad Istan, that if uh, witnesses are where she was captured in the north, I in Bavel, but to Aser, are we going to make her Aser now? No, we don't care about those witnesses. If they're not here, we don't take them into account. So therefore, that's basically what Rav Chista stuck to his guns. She's Muteris to marry the second guy. I, there might be witnesses who can attest to the fact it was a, a worth of puta and she should be married to the first guy. Didn't take into account. Now the Gemara brings down that Abayah Barova, all right, this is generations later, Abayah Barova, Lois Firlohula had Rav Chista. They didn't agree with Rav Chista's ruling. It means they held Rav Chista should not have let this woman stay with brother number two, okay? Now, why? He says the fact that Rab Hanina was lenient, the fact that Rab Hanina was lenient in the case of the daughters of Shmuel is because let's go through it, let's speak it out over there. For two reasons over there you can be lenient. Number one, what's the worst case scenario? Worst case scenario is that they were violated 
Okay, and they marry a Kohen. Worst case scenario, the children's going to be a Chalal. Okay, you're not talking about, you're talking about Isr Lav, you're, talking about, you're not talking about a capital offense. Whereas the worst case scenario, in the case of the woman with a stone, Mama's Ashes Ish and the child's a Mamzer. So maybe you can be more lenient in the case of Rabbi Hanina than you can be lenient in the case of the Ashes Ish. And secondly, there's another Chazaka, that a Jewish girl, that is a modest girl, is going to do everything she can to make herself as ugly as possible. That one, the captors will not take advantage of her. You have that. You don't have that svar in the case of the Aishas ish. So therefore, cannot bring me a raya from Rabbi Hanina's case to the case of Rabbi Chista. He says like this: If they were lenient in the case of Shvua, Navla where also one makes herself ugly, in front of her captors, Nakel, we're going to be us Nakel in the case of Aishas ish. We don't have that svar, and it's an iser, it's a it's a capital offense with mam zeros. They would not be. They would not allow. Now, Ishtar me'ahu mishpacha besura. The one brings down the generations later from that family, from the second marriage, the second brother, there was still some remnants of that family, the lineage that went from that family in the city of Surah, was in Surah in Bavel. And the rabbis refused to marry into that family. Now, why did they not marry into the family? Not because they worried about Shmuel, because Shmuel was also not a Balet man. But the reason is, of the Swarov Rabbi Varova, that you had no right to be lenient because the precedent case was a case of captors, is not the same uh, as um, as the case of Aishas Ish, where uh, and, and therefore, so it's not because of the suffix that created by Shmuel, but it's because of the Swara that was said by Abaya and Rava. Let's go back to Hahu Gava. There was a certain person, the Ikdish Beshitisa the Asa Beshuka. He was Makadish, a woman with a bunch, a bunch of, had, of, of hadasim. He went up to the woman, picked a couple of hadasim, and said, "Harad makudeshesli in the marketplace." So Shalcha Rav Acha Baruchuna came to Rav Yosef. Rav Acha sent to Shaila, "What do we do in this case?" Kahai Gavna Mai. What is this? What's the halacha? So Shalach Lei. First of all, this guy Nagdekura. First thing is, this guy needs to be lashed. He has to get lashes, like Rav. Why? Because generally in a marketplace, when you're handing money to a woman, it's not for the purposes of Kedushin. All right? So therefore, this is not the place where you're Makadish and Isha. That's the big, that's the first problem. The Itzra Gita, and the second thing is, even though it would seem at face value that these myrtle branches are not worth the Pruta, you still need a get based on Shmuel. Right, so he does worry about the halacha like Shmuel. That what? That maybe there is a place that they're worth that much money. Right. The Rav man Rav would give lashes on anyone who betrothes a woman in a marketplace. We're going to see. But would be also Rav held, even though beer is one of the forms of kedushin. He held that it is not appropriate to be makadesh. Bebiya, and he would give lashes to someone midrabbanon to someone's makadish bebiya. For all the makadish below shiduchi, also there is a process when a Jewish girl gets married. There's shiduchim, you have tnoyim, and you discuss the financial responsibilities. And somebody skips all of that and goes straight to the kedushin, right? He also gave malchus again because it doesn't look like a Jewish kedushin. But it, you just go over to a woman and say, "I give her some money." It doesn't look like that. You have to go through the process of my obligations to you, your obligations to me. That's what shiduchi really means. We use shiduchi and you're going out, but it's also the process, the stage of getting. You don't just jo- go right over to a woman and say, "I'm a kedushin to you." He would give malchus in that case. And almavatel gita. The next thing he had was a big problem. Let's say a person sends a get with an agent, 
and then changes his mind. Now we saw you cannot change your mind without notifying the agent. But even when you notify the agent, it still could be problematic. Because if the agent doesn't listen and goes ahead and hands out the get, then it's a, bad get. Then it's a problem. So therefore, for a person to mavatal a get, once you gave it, Rachel, did you get lashes for it. And also, a person is masamoidah. Masamoidah means that you based in, you're going to based in to give a get. And you go over to two witnesses and you say to them in private, listen, there's a gun being held to my head. I'm letting you know now that even though I'm going to give this get, I don't intend, I don't, that I'm being coerced into giving it, I don't want to give it. Now that is possibly a case where we've vattled the get. Now if you think about all the problems that creates, because they go to base and he gives the get, everyone thinks that she's Megureshes, but because he did the Moldaw, it could be that it's Ana Megureshes. So somebody who does that, I mean obviously if there's no choice, there's no choice. But somebody who does it, and he would have had perhaps a choice not to do it, he would have give him Malchus for them. Next. To go ahead and tell a person that you have the following penalty or you're in Khairim or whatever it is and you kill the messenger, right? You bother, you beat up the messenger because you're not happy with the message. Rav would give special malchus to someone who, uh, who torments or harasses the shliach of Beistin. Beistin put a Khairim on someone. Now the purpose of a Khairim is to listen to Beistin. Somebody who is obstinate and he's withholding and he goes 30 days in Cherem, Rav said, okay, you're getting Malchus. After 30 days, you're not listening to the Cherem and you're not acquiescing to what we want, he would automatically give the guy Malchus after 30 days. And the last one was, that Rav held that it was inappropriate for a son-in-law to live in the home of the father-in-law. Why? Because a, a mother-in-law has feelings to the son-in-law. And having them in close quarters can only lead to problems. problems. And therefore, somebody for a duration of time, I'm going to say, you know, for, like, lives there, inappropriate, and Rav would end up giving lashes. So the Gemara, what? What about that today? I, I, I don't know. So what is it like this? The dyer says the Gemara, is it only if he, he lives there, but Khalif, but he just walks past there, is not a problem. I, Ahu Chasna, we know there was a son-in-law, the Khalif above the Rebbe Chamur, that walked by his father-in-law's house, but now the Rebbe Shesh, just gave him lashes for walking by the house. One second. That case, there were already rumors. There were already rooms and there was a restraining order. The base didn't put a restraining order on this guy who can't go near the house. That's why just by walking by he got lashes. But generally it's moving in and staying there for a, a, a long time. That's what Rav was more concerned about and therefore he gave lashes. The money says like this, Nardoi Amri, in the city of Nardoi, they said they had a different report as to when Rav gives lashes. But Kulu Loman gave Rav. They didn't accept that Rav gave lashes in all the other cases, except Ella al Makadish with Only if a person is Makadish with Bia without their having the Shiduchi. means both things together. There had to be process to lead to the marriage, and there has to be a, a, a form that's not inappropriate. So the first version is that if a person is Makadish with Bia without Shiduchi, then it's problematic. The second version is Ikad Amri is Afilu Bishiduchi Nami. That even if there was Shiduchi, you went through the right process, still, but to do Bia as the form of Kedushin, you will get lashes, Mishum, because, Pritsusa, because it's still, it is inappropriate. So, a person who married a woman with a mat of, 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 of Hadassim. 
right? He gave her as a matter, rolled up matter of Adasim, is Makadasha. Now, and we're going to see, that doesn't look like it's worth a pruta. So, Amrulay, Bahalay's Bashava pruta. So, people said, some say it's she said, it's not worth a pruta. So, Amrulahu, he said, guys, open it up, look inside the mat. I'm not being Makadasha with the mat. So, there's four Zuz rolled up inside the mat. So Shakalta, so uh, she uh, she opened up and she took the money and she kept quiet. Now the question is, is that Mekudashis or not Mekudashis? So this silence which happened after the money was given, because and if it's given if it's after the money was given, it's not considered anything. Now let me explain to you what this means. It means if you Mekadashanisha under the chuppah, you give her a ring, she doesn't have to say anything. Her acceptance and her her, her being silent is considered acquiescence. That's because it's at the time of when it's been given. Here at the time it was given, what was given at the time? It was something that was less than a pruta. Now, and then she, even though she kept quiet, but it was less than a pruta. Now you say, well, it's inside and she kept quiet. Maybe the only reason she's quiet because she knows it's not Mekudesh's. Why? Because what you gave her originally was less than a pruta. You cannot bring me a riot that her silence is that she's agreeing, unless you would say, I accept this as the Kedushin, we cannot say that her silence is a proof that she's Mekodesh's. When you gave her the rolled up thing, yeah. she didn't know what was in it, but the whole thing... Could, so therefore her silence at that point meant nothing. It was, but she didn't know it wasn't no, worth a proof. Yeah, it, it wasn't worth a proof. Yeah, it could be there wasn't, and she knows it wasn't. What she opened it up, she was still silent? Or? Yes, she opened it up, she was still silent. She said, ah, oh, I agreed to accept, then it would be fine. But she was silent. One says like this, she says, I'm a Rava, I'm a Now Rava says, where do I know what I'm saying is correct? What is the Tanoi proof that her silence, if it's after the event, doesn't help? He says, the sign of Brisa. If a person says to a woman like this, he says, I want to give you a seller. A seller is a certain significant amount of money. Hold it for me as a bikodron. I mean, I'll come back later and take it. Watch it for me. And then he says, you know what? I'm changing my mind. I want to be Mekodesh's to you with it. Now, he changed his mind before he gave it to her, right? If he changed his mind before he gave it to her and she still took it, then what? That's no different saying I read Mekodesh's Lee under the chuppah with the ring, right? She's Mekodesh because she knows now what, that, that what he wants to do and she accepts it based on his new condition, Mekodesh's. However, however, let's say it was already given to her to watch as a picadon, and then he calls her up, he says, you know what, why don't you keep it as a Mekodesh's? Now, Rotasa, if she now consents and says, I agree, she, yeah. right, then it's fine. La Rotasa, she doesn't agree, then I am a Kodesh's. Now, let's understand, what does it mean she agreed and she doesn't agree? What did she do or say? So my Rotasa, my La Rotasa, what did she do, what she didn't do? Now, Elay, my Rotasa, now, if you tell me that she, uh, uh, that she consents, means when she said, yes, I agree to take it for Kedushin. And what does it mean, La Rotasa, I don't agree, what does that mean? So I'm alone. She said, no, that can't be. That's because we're, con- we're, con- no, we're contrasting two cases. The first case was, you said to her before the Kedushin and she accepted. Means, under all circumstances, Mekudashis. Second says, as though you only change your mind later after she accepted, then it depends. Did she agree? Did she not agree? One second. If she doesn't agree by saying no, then even in the first case, when she says no, it's going to be Aina Makudashis. So Lo Rotasa cannot mean when she said no. Because if she said no, it doesn't work. What does Lo Rotasa mean? She kept quiet. That's what it must mean. So then in the first case, when you said, I want this to be Kedushin, before you gave it to her and she keeps quiet, that acceptance is acquiescence. 
In the second case, since she took it originally as a mashkon, and now you said, I want a Kedusha, and she keeps quiet, that you cannot bring as a proof. And that, says Rav, is my proof to the ruling that I said by the mat. So therefore, you're going to tell me that in the Reish also, that means even if she says, it's Mekodesh, that obviously, what do you mean it's Kodesh? She said no. So obviously, that doesn't mean that she said no. must be she agrees, it means she said yes. What does mean? Is that she just kept quiet. She didn't agree verbally. So therefore, so in the Reisha, where she took it anyway, in the Sefer, she took it, and only later, you said, and she kept quiet, that's not acquiescence, because that's an acquiescence. If she kept quiet, only after the thing was given, below Klumu, that is meaningless, that does not have any weight. Oh. Gentlemen, have a wonderful Shabbos.